Welcome to the Mission Matters podcast, celebrating the people and initiatives that embody the Jesuit tradition of St. Louis University, celebrating what matters in the 200-year-old-plus mission that is St. Louis U, brought to you from the Office of Mission and Identity. So welcome back. I am thrilled today to have with us to talk about the Billiken Success Program, Stephen Lampkin, who is the director of the program. So welcome, Stephen. Hi, good morning. Thank you. It's my delight and honor to be with you. So first of all, just let people know a little bit about who you are. Just talk a little bit about your history with SLU, and then we can jump right into the Billiken Success Program, and you can talk about how you got involved there. All right. Again, my name is Stephen Lampkin, and when I first, guess, encountered SLU, this would have been back in 1999. And I was looking at employment opportunities. And one of the things that's always very important to me is the mission of whatever organization I'm affiliating myself with. And um, when I read the, the pursuit of truth to the greater glory of God and the benefit of humankind, that resonated very deeply with me because my own personal mission has been pursuing truth probably I'm aware of that since elementary school. And so that was a real profound resonance with me and was quite compelling. And so I applied for an opportunity with a department within student um, at SLU called Student Educational Services and fortunately prevailed through the interviewing process. And I thank the Lord for that. And Student Educational Services was just that. Our department provided educational services to students and at that time, our department was comprised of a few TRIO programs, which are federally funded by the U.S. Department of Education. Right. They were started during the Johnson administration as part of the war against poverty with a notion that the best buffer against poverty is education. Right. Um, and they focus on students for whom neither parent has a baccalaureate degree, low modest income. Those are the two primary criteria. And then we had a program of conditional admissions, and there was an opportunity for students to access SLU who might who don't meet the regular admission criteria, but show a lot of promise. And then there was a, a summer bridge program that they would participate in. And with the successful completion of that summer bridge program, then they were eligible to continue at SLU, and our office provided very structured academic advising for their first two years. In addition to that, we provided the universities tutoring services, writing services, accessibility services, academic coaching. So everything that's currently in the Student Success Center was mm -hmm. in this department. And at that time, SLU did not believe that its regularly admitted students needed such services. Oh, you're um, kidding. No, I'm not. And so uh, over time, more and more, quote unquote, regularly admitted students would come to our office seeking help with these resources. And so then there started to be kind of a cost-sharing uh, partnership between the, our department and St. Louis University at large, because the, um, in many ways, the foundational funding for those resources was coming from the TRIO program. And so they were really designed and targeted to help the participants in the TRIO programs. But with SLU students coming forward, then this university started also supplementing uh, resources so that we could expand our services to more students. And so since then, there's been many 
iterations of the Summer Bridge Program, which is now referred to as Billiken Success Program. The Billiken Success Program is an example of an access program where a student would not have access to SLU without this access program. The participants in Billiken Success Program are students that did not uh, meet the regular SLU admission criteria, but are given an opportunity to come to SLU through this program. Now, where in the past, the, you know, the program has ranged from anywhere from three to six weeks in the summer, residential's current iteration is a one-week optional. Some people live on campus, some commute, and it's the week before general freshman move-in. And so it's really been scaled back in terms of, of what we're able to do prior to the beginning of the school year. And then we continue to provide uh, structured academic advising during their first year. And so this big change happened about five years ago. And at that time, I inherited this particular program because I was working more in the pre-college area. And since the program's inception, our retention rate from first year to second year has exceeded expectations by anywhere from 3% to 30%, depending on, on the year. So when you compare these students, you know, GPA to regularly admitted students GPA, you know, the, the expectations, we've exceeded dramatically the expectations for retention from first year to second year. Thank God for that. And I'm grateful for that. The demographics in our population are very diverse. And so the criteria for being in the program are GPA or and or test scores, depending if SLU is using test scores. And so we have some students who are from very low, modest income circumstances. And we have some students whose last names are brand names in the American economy. We have students from urban areas, suburban, rural, public schools, private schools, Catholic schools, students born in the United States, students who have immigrated to the United States, students for whom English is their first language, students for whom English is not their first language. And that's one of the things I really enjoy working with this group because I learn a lot from the students and it just really explodes notions. Of, often in the United States, we have a very narrow conception of uh, diversity and this kind of turns it all on its head. Yeah, so that would be my big thumbnail sketch. And again, this this version has existed for four or five years. They come in in the summer. We do a retreat at the beginning to facilitate bonding and, and community building. And then we do assessments to try to get a sense of strengths and areas of growth and resources to address those as best we can during that first week. We have campus partners come in to work with the students. So we have people from the Student Success Center, the academic coach come in. And then, you know, this year we also had uh, someone from Career Services so they can get connected with okay. that resource and get into the Handshake database where all SLU job, student jobs are posted. And then we also met with the director of um, university counseling. And, and she talked about the blessings of a well mind. And then, you know, I have them writing reflection essays on their different experiences and let them know that I'm not an English teacher, but it's to get them back into the mode of writing and reflecting. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad I get they get started with that because some of them, it's pretty rough with some of them. I believe it. Um, 
I'm surprised at how just even with one week, so it's a wonderful opportunity to foster relationships, not only between the students, but between um, the students and the, and the personnel. And I find that that lays a really influential context for then being able to participate in the student's life to the extent that the student will let me participate. Right. Um, to understand their circumstances, to help coach them and how to navigate their circumstances vis-a-vis being a student at St. Louis University. Mm-hmm. And, and they have to kind of trust you to disclose those things that are going on outside of SLU, um, which have such a huge impact on what's going on inside of SLU for their life. Right. Let me pause and give you a chance to pepper me with questions. Yeah, well, it's just so wonderful to know that this is happening on campus. And I guess my question is, because it's such a valuable program, thinking about SLU without this program, I I was just imagining as you were speaking how much poorer our community would be if this program was not in place. Yes. And and this is kind of the sweet and sour, bittersweet part. Students were coming into SLU post-COVID, if you will, are bringing a different set of needs, issues, concerns, outlooks, and and possibilities. And so there are more students who have been admitted in the last two years who would benefit from these this type of program. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, our enrollments have reached record low numbers. And so there's something that's out of alignment. Yeah. Uh, and I think SLU is working on that. And so the struggle becomes, this is not a volume situation. This is a niche situation. And so then you you need people who are very committed to prioritizing a relatively small number of people. And so to provide access to resources uh, for these students who, you know, we, you know, they are conditional admission. And none of my students are normative, you know, with respect to the huge population, but they're normative to me because that's all my population. <laughs> Another challenge that we have is since they don't admit admission criteria, it means often they have the skinnier financial aid packages. And that can create some very awkward situations. For some of these families, they're kind of relying on the judgment of their 18-year-old. If no one else has gone, you know, if no one else has graduated, they are relying on their judgment of this 18-year-old. And debt is a very abstract thing. So there's these cross currents, you know, where there's a phenomenal opportunity, a phenomenal manifestation and embodiment of living the mission and working on some things. But then there's these other undercurrents, which really create some basic challenges. And undercurrent's a great word for that because you wouldn't necessarily even know that those types of challenges existed. I would not have been able to name that. Yeah, and and no one likes to talk about it. But for me, this is a part of pursuing truth. And some truths are unpleasant. But the sooner we acknowledge these unpleasant truths, then the sooner we can go about addressing them with grace and love and mercy you know, if, but to me, it begins with seeking truth. And so that's really foundational to me. And what can happen sometimes at, uh, this probably is the case at any institution or even personally, often we don't want to look at our, you know, Jesus says, take out the log in your own eye before you try to help somebody with the speck in their eye. And often if the honest truth does not look pleasant, people would rather ignore it. 
then deal with it. And for me, I have to advocate for these students. And it's as much about my relationship with God as it is to anything else. Um, and, and my sense of dovetailing with SLU's mission. So you're using all kinds of language about incarnation, right? So pursuit yeah. of truth, truth for its own sake, yes, but truth for the greater glory of God as it is demonstrated in the well-being and beauty of others. Yeah. And, and the benefit of humankind. And and, and it's, it's a really profound question, but achieving a degree from St. Louis University is, is a wonderful thing, a wonderful accomplishment. But if it's achieved with $80,000 of debt, it gets messy. And and some of our students you know, get through with very little debt and, and some get through with a lot of debt. Um, but I would say, in, you know, in the last five, eight years, higher ed in general has invited families to take on more debt to afford yeah. a higher education. That's a much longer conversation, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Side note here, you know, Greg Beabout from philosophy? Yes. Last Friday, he gave the Kavanaugh lecture and it was all about the trumpeter swans, believe it or not. But his point was and he, he did this in a beautiful way. His point was that when we talk about the universal good, it cannot be in opposition to or competition with the good of any individual. Like those aren't two polar opposites. You can talk about the universal good and you can talk about the good of any particular individual in the same conversation, because in the end, it's the same thing. But he did a beautiful job with that. And I think that particular premise has stuck with me ever since. And I'm hearing parts of that in what you're describing. That when we speak about um, pursuit of truth for the greater glory of God and for the good of all humanity, that there is a greater good and universal good, common good, if you will, but there's also the good of the individual. And we're trying to do both of those in the mission, right? Yeah, absolutely. So what else would I like to say? I am still remarkably inspired by the pursuit of truth to the glory of God. And that in and of itself, and just how it dovetail with my own personal mission. And so in my experience at SLU, you know, it makes a crappy day okay, and an okay day good, and a good day great. And makes, you know, days which are really intolerable, tolerable. And still, it's very compelling to the point of it motivating different types of sacrifices as gestures of, of love for our students. And the potential embodiment of, of that sort of thing through such programs as the Built Success Program, it's very hopeful. I mean, for me, it provides a lot of hope. And with that hope, you know, it can be seasoned with some frustration. And SLU has been a leader in this area over the past 40 years with educational opportunity programs. And there's a scholar, renowned scholar by the name of Tinto, who defines educational opportunity as both access and support. You need both access and support to graduation for it to be genuinely an educational opportunity. And that we just can't stop with access. SLU has been a leader in this. And it's, I'm excited with our current leadership team and how they're currently evaluating the resources, uh, challenges, and opportunities uh, before St. Louis University 
so that we can uh, continue to further educational opportunity programs uh, for students from under-resourced backgrounds. And so I'm grateful for the opportunity to partner with God through St. Louis University. I'm grateful for the students that I work with because they allow me into their life. And that's a tremendous honor and requires a lot of um, delicacy and, and nuance. But that's what I love about, you know, being a part of this type of program. And and I'll honest, I'm someone who roots for the underdog. I always choose the underdogs. <laughs> Even in movies where I know the underdog is going to like lose, <laughs> you know, I go with the underdog. That's where my heart is. And yep. so kind of when the pieces come together, it's just so beautiful. Education is beyond value. And so when people and families are able to have students, the members of their family, uh, gain education, gain skills, gain knowledge, gain those credentials, it has intergenerational transformative impacts. And so the, the importance of it can kind of be immeasurable. Yeah. Um, and for me, I have that sense of gravity, you know, that for this family, this student, it might be the hope of this family. This student might be the hope of the high school. This yeah. student might be the hope of the community. Yeah. They're first gen, low modest income. They're they're beating the odds. And so it, it means a lot to me. It means a whole lot to me and which, you know, can keep me up at night sometimes. Well, that was a lot more than I didn't know I was going to say that much <laughs> with your closing invitation. I'd be glad. That's a great way to wrap it up, though. Volume or not, you are in a relationship with individual students, and that is transformative. And their accomplishments span the gamut. I had a student this past May who graduated with a 4.0, and she's not the first one. And so the student's accomplishments go from 4.0s, summa cum laude, to getting by by the skin of their teeth, to needing to transfer to another school. Yeah. Um, and so the capabilities, you know, where you begin does not determine where you're going. And I see that. And that's very much, you know, God's grace, you know, God's hope for us. You know, we're kind of born into circumstances of sin, but that need not define our identity or our future, given God's grace and love uh, through Jesus. That's right. It influences us, but it doesn't determine us. Yes. Well, Stephen, thank you for all of this. This has been um, just delightful. You're most welcome. It's been fun. All right. right. Thanks again. And for all of you listening, don't forget to follow us on social media at SLU Jesuit Mission on both Facebook and Instagram. And if you know of a colleague who's living the mission out loud, but seems to be hidden in plain sight, give us a heads up so we can highlight the good work being done here in our community. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, in this year of hope, let's continue to celebrate together the gift of walking with youth in the creation of a hope-filled future. Because mission matters. You can engage the mission intentionally here at SLU, and you can encounter it randomly. But good luck graduating without ever touching it in some way. God bless everyone.